0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Somebody, hello, give me a hug. Woo, mm, thank you. Oh Wow, I am. um, How you doing mm, today? If you're a guest and you're still here, you rock. You are amazing and clearly called by God. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, church. Hey, Hey, church. I am. um, Ha. All right. I got 20 minutes and I'm going to get this done. Are you ready? If you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 24. I'm going to try to get through this quickly. Um, <clears throat> ha. Starting a, a new message series, you know, wow. Our, wow. We just love you, Jesus. We believe that you're alive and that your spirit is alive. You're not hiding somewhere for the last 1900 years. You're actually here just like Jesus said you would be. And we ask that you would be here today. That you would open minds and hearts as I share the word of God that you have given me. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen. amen and amen and amen. We just finished up our message series, Dream Again. Did you get anything out of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, you, are, you, are, you, are you opening your heart a little bit? I hope you are. Allowing God to touch you on, on a certain way. Um, at the beginning of the year, the Lord spoke to us about 2021 and uh, he told us, learn of me. Um, and if you are from a certain tradition, if you've been taught under certain men, um, learn of me means read the Bible. Um, if you actually were discipled by the Spirit of God, uh, that means learn of Jesus. Like it literally means learn of me. Um, spend time with him and learn from him about who, oh, wow, he is. I am I'm having a hard time focusing uh, right now uh, because the presence of God is on me. And some, some people, I just want to overcome some stereotypes. So people say, well, you know, God wouldn't interrupt his own word. If you think that I am God's mouthpiece, like you have not met him, right? I am speaking through my intellect what I believe the Lord has taught me uh, this week, uh, how he's transformed me over the last 20 plus years. Uh, and I get up here as a, as a shepherd to shepherd the flock according to how the Lord leads me and the spirit of God that is on me. I am a far cry from Jesus, right? And so they say, you know, God wouldn't interrupt his own word. That, that's true. And that's why he would shut me up so he could talk on his own, which is what we would like at any given moment. Um, in this church, we actually say that Jesus is the senior leader here and uh, he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. We let him be God, right? And so um, it, 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 does that happen all the time? No, uh, I'd be all right with that. Uh, but God actually wants people to minister to people. However, uh, there are times that he just comes and did his own thing. Right? There's a reason Jesus showed up on the earth in the first place because people kept getting it wrong. And so he showed up. There's a, there's a reason that, he, that the Spirit of God showed up on the day of Pentecost uh, because he's like, y'all would mess this up. I just got to do this my own self. Right? And so he just came and did what he wanted to do on the day of Pentecost. And so uh, today we're starting a new message series entitled Sacred Spaces. Sacred, thank you. Sacred spaces. Got two. Sacred spaces, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Now, um, you know, the the question is, um, where do I go to find God? That's the question. Then that's what the world wants to know. Where do I find Him? How do I hear God? Can you hear God? How do I listen if He is talking? How, how, How do I know that it's him? How do I know there isn't just any God and I can follow anyone? You know, in the early church, they had this um, excuse me, in the early days of the, of the holy, holiness movement, they had this, this, this understanding that we're supposed to become holy and to become holy, we are to shun the profane, right? And so this is the same root word as the word profanity, those things that speak against God, profane. Uh, and their thought was, anything that wasn't holy was therefore profane, and we want to avoid the profane so that we can be holy. And that, thank you so much, honey. And that sounds, will you be my valentine? Oh. <laughs> um, uh, and so the thought was, and, it's, and it preaches good, and it sounds good, that the thing that's blocking God on the earth is you. And how you're behaving, right? And, um, and so everything became profane that wasn't church, basically. Uh, there were teachings like, you know, if you go to the movie house, uh, you'll fall into sin. And if Jesus comes back while you're watching a movie, you'll get left behind, you know? Um, and so the whole generations of kids never went to a movie because uh, they don't want to be left behind because uh, Jesus clearly wouldn't go in a movie house, you know? Because anything that is entertainment uh, isn't holy. Uh, and we need to avoid anything that isn't holy so we can be holy. And this was kind of the, the, the teaching. And, uh, and so the sacred was what happens while you're studying the word, uh, while you're praying possibly, um, anything you do in church, clearly. Uh, and anything else was possibly frivolous. And um, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a challenge to that word, and it's the fact that Jesus came and put on flesh. Okay? So if anything that affects our body, is, if, if our body is unholy, if this earth is unholy, if, if the world is unholy, if the cares of this world are unholy, then why did Jesus put on flesh and eat food and, and have relationships? Uh, he didn't put on, uh, he didn't become unholy when he put on flesh, he actually made the flesh holy. Right? He actually is making the creation holy. He didn't come here fearful of being affected by the creation. Right? And, and so um, you know, what we have to recognize as we try to connect with God is that God desires connection. You know, the, the whole problem with the holiness teaching is that somehow we innately don't want God, and so we have to do things to convince God to want us. Um, and I know that's an oversimplification, and I'm not trying to um, be accusatory, uh, but at the same point, there's a, a mindset that we fall into uh, that everything is unholy, and we need to go to, um, uh, away from our life so we can encounter the holy. Uh, and so there's a whole theology based on that someday God will take us out of the earth because the earth is not holy, and we have to go up to heaven to become holy. Do, do you hear where I'm going with this? It, but if that were true, why did he come here? He wasn't less holy when he came here. He actually did not receive the Spirit until he fully identified with his flesh. In the water baptism, and he identified with our fallen nature. Uh, and so God did not become a lesser God. He became fully God at his baptism, which is kind of crazy. And it's a simplification of the doctrine, but uh, we can talk about it deeper at another time. But God created you on purpose. Right? He actually created you um, to have a, not a bad life right? Um, Why would he give you pleasure centers if you weren't ever supposed to experience pleasure? Just to tease you with it? I I have these conversations with um, uh, theologians, and uh, I probably shouldn't go down that road, but I'm going to anyways. We talk about the age of the earth, and I'm like, so you think God hid dinosaurs in the earth to trick us? Like, this is all some sort of intellectual test. Like, you don't think God is big enough to have the planet older than 6,000 years. Is that, is that the, the box you've put God in, really? Um, I, I feel like the earth could be 6,000, 6 million, 6 billion, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6 eternities, and He'll still be God, yeah. right? Um, I, I don't, like, my faith in God doesn't rest on how literally we read the first three chapters of Genesis. My faith rests on the fact that I met Jesus, the God man who came in the flesh, right, who, who, who told me to receive the spirit of God. That's where my faith is. And as I look at the scriptures, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to undo some religion in your life. So I'm trying to undo some dead religion. When I read the Hebrew scriptures, I have to read them knowing that the God who created everything, I met him, Jesus. Right? Everything that was created was created through him. He is the word of God. And so as I read the written word, I have to do it through the word of the God that I know. And so if you say, man, I'm not sure, because I know Jesus like this. I'm not sure what this means. Go with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Go with Jesus. Don't, don't go with, you know, we talked about this before. Don't go with, well, I guess I get to judge people now. Because it says here in, you know, Deuteronomy, like, bro, you ain't living in Deuteronomy, right? You're living in the day of the spirit. Amen. <laughs> we, we're living right here today. Oh, you're saying that doesn't matter? I'm saying, no, Jesus himself came and told us how to treat people. Okay, that's, I just, that's, a, that's an aside. And so if we have to treat other people with grace, we have to treat ourselves with grace. We are not under judgment, we're actually under grace. God actually loves us and we have to learn to live within this connection. And I don't know who that was for because that's not even in my message, but I love you and I bless you and you've taken 10 of my minutes. So let's focus, let's focus. There are times that God has appointed to connect with us. There are special times that he is appointed to connect with. For me, that was when I got saved. I was not looking to get saved. I, I thought I was saved, first of all. I, you know, I thought I was right with God already. Uh, and then um, he just sovereignly decided, now's the time. And I, and I encountered him, and then I actually knew I was saved. Right? I wasn't saved until I met him. Yeah. Right? And so when I met him, I got absolutely converted. It was a, a sovereign time of God that I was going to connect with him and, 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 and you probably experienced these sovereign times and not really understood what it was possibly. Maybe, maybe you were in worship and you felt something shift. You felt something and the world would tell us, oh, that's emotionalism. We're supposed to avoid emotionalism. Um, God has emotions. The Bible shows us that he gets joyful, that he laughs, that he gets angry, that you can grieve him. Like this is all in scripture. And if we're created in his image, then we have emotions as well. Uh, to think that God doesn't want us to use our emotions is to ask them, why would he give us emotions to begin with? He didn't create robots. He created people for relationship. And, and, and when God comes into a space, you begin to feel it, and it looks different. It feels different. Things happen. Think about Joseph when, uh, when, his, uh, uh, when the father came. And the coat of many colors came. When you think about the coat of many colors, you got to believe he could smell that. He could feel the weight of it. And people saw this coat on him and thought, wow, you're trying to, oh, you think you're special. You, oh, you're trying to stand out. Oh, you want attention. It's like, no, no, the father just put his grace on me. And it draws attention. Like, oh, why are you trying to show out? You read the story. Why are you trying to show out? I'm, I'm, I'm not. This is just the Father's grace on me. This code is just the Father's grace on me. And when God comes into the room, people who don't know what God is doing, they're like, well, something happened. It must be emotionalism. No, no. What's actually happening is you don't have language for what you're experiencing right now. You don't, you don't have language for what you... It, it, here, here's the best way I've heard it explained. It's called a black swan experience. Uh, I believe it was in the 1300s or 1400s, and an explorer uh, was traveling, and for the very first time uh, from Europe, they found, they found a black swan. Now, they had only thought that swans could be white. They, there was no grid for such a thing as a black swan because they had never seen one. And once they found something they had never seen before, it changes their understanding of what could be. And when you experience the presence of God, you have a black swan moment. There's all of a sudden a new whole sensory door that has opened. I don't know what this is. It must be emotionalism. No, it is actually a sense that you have not had language for before about the presence of God. You're now discerning the presence of God. You have stepped into a place where God is present tangibly, and you can feel it like that coat on your body. Sometimes you can smell it in the room. People look at you and they're thinking, there's something different about you. Are you showing off? Is it your emotions? No, no, no. What you see is the anointing of God upon me. You don't know exactly what you're seeing, but that's actually what it is because he's placed his coat upon my life And now everything is changing around me. Now you could be ashamed of that presence and try to hide it if you want. I would submit that you should not. You should keep it on and tell people what it is they are discerning about you. Oh no, no, that's not me. I'm not special. No, no, I'm not trying. But see, the anointing of God is upon me. And because it is upon me I have to preach the word of God. I have to tell you about the God who put this anointing upon me. I have to let you know. I have to take you to the place of encounter so you too can understand this experience that you were created for. This is what we do with the presence of God. This is why God has anointed us. And, 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 and when God shows up in a room, it may ignite your emotions because it's supposed to ignite everything. It'll ignite your emotions. It'll ignite your body. And all of a sudden, your emotions that didn't work well before you start crying uncontrollably. Anybody experience that in the presence of God? You just begin crying uncontrollably. Why? Because the Lord is bringing your emotions to true life. Now, all of a sudden, you're allowed to grieve. Now, now all of a sudden, you can be open and accept God's healing. You don't have to hide them. You're like, I don't understand why I'm crying so much. The Lord is healing your soul. That's why he's healing your soul. Now it can be, now it's alive. Without true grief, there is not true joy. And so the Lord will awaken us to the full range of emotions because now we're safe to emote. So in our body, he'll allow you to, be healed in that moment because now things come into alignment. We start understanding what he's teaching us. We start lining up physically. We start lining up our soul. We, we align up spiritually. We align with God, it, with the presence of God on him. And in this moment, uh, you know, many times we understand at church, oh, I don't know why you got to go to the altar. What's special about the altar? There's nothing special about this physical space. But what happens is there's a, 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 a when, when a room by faith transforms it becomes a sacred space. It was just a, just concrete and carpet and just walls and a, a little strip mall in Boca Raton. But by, when the people of God come together in the appointed time, in the appointed way, God comes and he does something supernatural in the realm. And this thing that was just neutral becomes sacred. And when you come into the sacred space, you come in contact with the sacred one who is Jesus. My emotions didn't change it. The fact that Lillian sang the same refrain 15 times in a row didn't change the space. It didn't talk me into thinking God was here. It didn't talk God into showing up. It didn't cause a mass delusion. All of a sudden, it aligned our hearts as we sang and waited on God in response to his promise to show up. And then God showed up in the room. And all of a sudden, this little place became sacred. Sacred. It became holy. It became a place of encounter between God and man. That's why in Luke 24, Jesus said, wait, wait in Jerusalem, because that is my sacred space I'm setting up for you. See, they had an understanding of sacred spaces. They had the temple, that God would come and dwell in the temple. They understood this sacred location where they could go and encounter The living God, though only a few could enter in, the the high priest. And so they understood this language and Jesus said, listen, I'm changing the model here. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn, no longer did God just dwell in that little room on earth. On the day of Pentecost, he came down into that, just that room. It was just a room. I, I went to one of the rooms they think the room was. When I was in Jerusalem, if you've been to Jerusalem, you've probably been to one of the nine places they say it happened. Um there's <laughs> And I was in that room and I prayed and nothing happened for me personally, right? Why? Cuz that's not my sacred space. That wasn't my sacred space. <clears throat> but he told them, "Wait. Wait." And we so often we don't we don't wait. We're we're in a rush. The the the, the church in North America doesn't want to be uncomfortable, doesn't want to be inconvenienced, doesn't want to be set up for disappointment. And so we tell people all there is is the three points I'm about to give you, and I'll give you some laws to live by, and that ought to, that ought to suffice. Here, take this little kid's meal and, and, and enjoy, you know, what, what sauce do you want? Do you want prosperity sauce? Do you want healing sauce? What sauce would you like on your kid's meal? And now run along and um, come back with some friends, right? Like, right, and, and, and we're just like, I'm, I'm away for the steak, thank you very much. I understand the kids' food is ready quickly. I'm waiting for the steak to be per- perfectly prepared, right? Uh, good food takes a while. And the meal of Jesus just takes a minute to prepare, right? And so, I, I, you know, if, if you want fast food, that's great. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, when it comes to God, I, you know, they went to the upper room, and they began to pray, and they waited 10 days. Now, imagine, imagine, <clears throat> imagine, we get a lot of words, We're Pentecostal, right? We get words. Like, you've gotten a whole bunch of words of encouragement. And we have to discern between words of encouragement and true prophecies. True directional words. And if you get a handful of them in your life that are right, you've gotten more than most. You've probably gotten a whole bunch of words of encouragement. You've probably only gotten a couple words that were really directional. And if we can really discern... Man, that's, the, that's brother so-and-so who has a word of encouragement for me. He sees some gold in me, and he's speaking to it. Man, I'm, I feel encouraged. That's good. I'm strengthened. I'm remem- rem- reminded that God remembers me. And, you know, I, I love that. Thank you, Jesus. Then there's the sacred space of a holy word that comes to you straight from the throne. And how do you know? Because now you have to do something different. When you come into the real sacred space, you come out different. You actually come out transformed, and now it is our job to live like we believed that transformation was real. We have to carry that transformation out of the sacred. Am I, am I going too deep? I'm talking more than I meant to, right? Uh, I meant to just do some easy teaching, and I've already gone long. But we have to come out. If it's a real sacred space, then we are, um, we're sober-minded about it. Like, I can't just act like that didn't just happen. You can't. If, if a man goes to uh, goes to the altar uh, with his uh, bride and he says a vow in front of God, that altar is supposed to be a sacred space that God has come down to meet and, and do a miracle where two people become one. And when you leave that church, if you don't act like what you just said was sacred, then you will defile or make profane your marriage. You better take that out of there. Amen you got to take it out of there. When you come up here and you dedicate a child, it's just a, it's just a stage and a little church, but it, it, by faith, this is now a, a holy place. It's a sacred space that you held your child before God, and you said, before the witness, the cloud that's visible right here, and you say, I am now covenanting with you that I'm going to raise this child in a holy manner. I've, de- I've, I've devoted them to Jesus, and I'm trusting that God is going to anoint me to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. You don't just go out and just like, well, that was neat. You know, I got pictures. Um, you know, I had the christening, you know, I made them Christian. No, no, you didn't. You made a promise to God that you were going to be a Christian parent. That's the christening. I decided I'm going to be a Christian parent. I didn't have that opportunity before because I didn't have a kid. But now I'm going to, be... you understand where I'm going with this? <clears throat> okay. You have to enter into this sacred space by, by faith. It's by faith. Uh, in Hebrews 4, I don't have time to, to, to dwell on this. He so says, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Uh, let me just, for those who've studied this scripture, what if that is not just about not being ashamed, but you could actually enter into the throne of grace? What, what if he's literally saying, you know, the, the throne of grace is open for those who will enter in with confidence? Not worried, am I allowed to come into the sacred space? But I can go to him and receive actual mercy that changes my life. And it will give me help in time of need. I need that. I need it all the time. I need it more now than I did last year or ten years ago. I need that. And I need an actual throne of grace that I can enter into and encounter the real presence of God. You you see, it's not like uh, the world is evil and church is holy. No, no. The world just is. Your flesh just is. It just is. And and, and you get to make a decision holy Or profane? Is the movie going to be a holy movie? Or is it going to be a time of being profaned? Right? The The world is just the world. Jesus actually became flesh for a reason. And he dwelt among us. So the world, we get to decide as believers. It's not holy or unholy. In the Hebrew text, they had a tent of meeting. That God would come into this world and dwell, and that ground became holy. Let me, let me say it this way. Since we are the, the temple, the sacred space is waiting for you to decide. The sacred space is waiting. A business, if you have a business, it's just a business. Unless you decide it's going to be a sacred thing. If you decide this is going to be a holy thing, now your business can be holy by your... Faith. A marriage is just a marriage unless you decide it will be a sacred place. And God is waiting for you in your marriage. Is it just a place of fellowship or is my marriage a sacred place? Uh, A friendship is just a, a friendship unless you decide this is sacred. And I'm going to treat it as sacred. Uh, the tithe. The tithe is just is is your money sacred or is your is, or is money evil? Money is just money. It depends on how you use it determines if it is sacred or it is. Profane. The same money that empowers uh, oppressors and uh, 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 empowers oppressive regimes and, 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 and people who would uh, use other people for their own benefit is the same money that feeds the poor and, and brings people up out of poverty. It's the same money. It's neither sacred or profane. It's waiting for you to decide if your money is holy or not. And, and, and in our week, you get to decide, is Sunday morning, is it a sacred space or is it just another day? Have you set aside Sunday morning? No, this is a sacred place where I and Jesus meet on Sunday morning. Or is it just another option in the midst of your week? I'll go there if I'm not kayaking. Uh, You know, I I may want to uh, go to the beach that day. And so uh, it can be sacred next week. See, that's not how sacred works. That's the kid's meal. You know, would I have a number one or a number four? And Jesus is a number three. No, no, it's either you have set apart a sacred thing for God or we haven't. And we have learned through the concept of the tithe that if you set apart the first, the remainder is holy. And, and for me and mine, I, I want my marriage to be holy. I want my parenting to be holy. I want my uh, relationships to be holy. And I want my life to be holy. All right, I'm going to finish with this since I've already gone over. Hallelujah. When we detect the presence of God, we encounter the sacred. Wow. There, there that moment, it's a little, it's a little nudge like... What, 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 what are you going to do? I'm here. What, what are you going to do? It's an invitation to the sacred. It's an invitation to the holy. It's an invitation to the presence of God. It's a little, he touches your heart. He, he, he gives you a flashback of what he has done in the past. That's the testimony. And you get to decide, is this a holy moment? Is this a sacred moment or is it just a moment? Am, am I just going to church so I can get my mind tickled? Or is this a sacred moment where I will encounter the living God? And what will it look like once I do? See, you are anointed with the Holy Ghost in power. You, 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 um, you, you actually have the presence of God on you. The anointing of God on you. And this day and hour is such that it will break the bondage. It will break the yoke of oppression. It will bring freedom to the captives. It will bring healing to those who are afflicted. It will bring joy to those who are bound in depression, it will bring lifelong salvation to those who are hellbound simply because of the anointing that's on your life. And what the enemy wants to do is distract you with the nonsense of this world. Yeah. Yeah. I heard this uh, teaching that I'm sure you've heard a thousand times I'm, this week, and he's saying, You know, we got to seek God and above his gifts. I'm like, What? Like, the God gives me gifts to help people. And I shouldn't seek to help people. I should just seek the one who wants to help them. Does that even make sense to you? Does there, is there any logic to that thinking at all? I shouldn't be concerned with the things God's concerned about. I should only think about God. Does that, there's nothing biblical about that concept. Are you hearing me? Yeah. You seek the gifts of God because you want to help somebody with them. Yeah. You absolutely are supposed to seek the anointing of God so that you can solve some God problems on the earth. That's why you're here. Wow. I am feeling the anointing so strong up here, Duke. I am I'm sweating under the presence. This is really something. <clears throat> okay, what do we do when we detect the presence of God in the encounter? Two things I want to encourage you. Skipping ahead here, Josh cuz well, let me just let me hit this scripture real quick. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. I'll just hit it for you. Is it holy or is it not? The earth is waiting for you to decide. Your money is waiting for you to decide. Your future is waiting for you to decide. Is it Holy, or is it common? It's waiting for the revealing. And so what, what do we do in this sacred space that's, that's waiting for you? Number one, when you come into the sacred space, you repent of your sin. Just repent. It's just time to turn away from what we did wrong. Because we see his holiness, and here's what happens. When you have an awareness of your sin, the enemy's going to jump on that and make you feel terrible about you. And so once you repent, you give it to Jesus, it's not yours anymore. Hear me. I, I, are, are you listening? Are you with me here? Do, do, do you know how you lay in bed at night and the enemy brings up your mistakes? Is that anybody? That happened to anybody ever? Like, it just, ah, oh, can you believe you said that? Can you believe you did that? They're gonna, can you believe you? Well, well, if you actually repent of your sin, you give it to Jesus. It's not yours anymore. Remember when you did that? Nope. Man, they're going to think this. Well, that's between them and God because I gave it to him. I had a, go ahead, good job there, hallelujah, that's my band, playing in another room, turn up the band a little bit there if you would, uh, Brandon, repent of your sin and surrender to God, surrender to God, you're like, man, I was believing God to do this, I'm like, still time, I was ministering, I was, I had a job before I was in ministry, and, uh, I had uh, had my own office and uh, the lord used to come in there and like it became like a sacred space for me because i would all day long i'd be working by myself in this little office and uh and i just have on revival services every day all day was, the toronto revival is happening them and i just play this the previous night service every day day. They'd be like four hour services so i play that and i just i just i was just getting baptized in the spirit And I'd be, you know, the presence of God would come, and I'd be laid out in the office. I'd be like, Jesus, don't let anybody come in my office. Please don't let anybody. I'm laid out on the ground under the presence of God. And uh, uh, eventually, um, there was a guy they wanted me to train, and they put him in my office. I was like, first of all, I was like, man, you know, that's my my, my secret place. But it's not actually mine. I'm not paying for it, right? It's like theirs, right? Um, And so I'm working in this office. I'm like, all right, God. Well, within a couple of weeks, dude is laid out on the ground, right? And uh, the presence of God had come in. He's getting wrecked, right? And he's like, oh, he's crying. He's like, man, you don't understand. I asked God if he was real, if the baptism of the Spirit is real. I'm like, sounds like he's answering. You know, like he told me he walked away from God because God never answered. I'm like... Here's your answer. I think he's real. But he had set this time frame on God on how, you know, you're going to let me know by the end of this period. And God's like, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but I don't actually live in time. Right? Like, (laughs) like, this thing means nothing to me. And so sometimes we get disappointed that God doesn't answer on our time frame. He's like, that's a cute time frame you got there. It's cute, you know. He's like, but I have my own thing and things are going to work out perfectly in my timing. And so if you've given up, if you've letting frustration take over, you know, it's, it's time to, you know, dream again. Yeah. Stand with me if you would. I want to pray and I'm going to let you go. I, I, if, I'm just, if I don't do that, I'm, I'll just be talking all day here. Um, I'm so sorry for keeping you. keeping you. Um Shabbat. We get to decide. If we're going to allow God to create sacred places in our life. Wow, 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 wow. I'm getting blasted right now, honey. Just put your hands out so you can just receive. I want to pray real quick for those. Maybe you're away from God right now. Maybe, 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 maybe sin is actually. Maybe you're not following him yet. I want to pray for you. And there's a simple, simple prayer that we can pray. You just ask God to come and. Forgive you of your sin. And you just do it on your own. And what I'm going to do is uh, I'm not even going to... uh, Keep playing that, Brandon. I'm, I'm not going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray in your own heart. And we're going to do something that's weird for the Pentecostal church. We're going to be quiet for a second. And I want you just in your own mind, you know, you know if you're away from him, just ask him. Forgive me, Lord, for the things I've done wrong. Forgive me. And I surrender to your plan in my life. Wow. And I feel um, there's people right now just you know, like, well, you got the what ifs. And, and, and the what ifs can't be more important than Jesus. So surrender the what ifs. Many times we're asking God questions and we don't even understand the question. And we try to trap God in the answer. And we're like, God, is it A or B? And he's like, truck. <laughs> Surrendering to God says we may not even understand the questions that we have fully. But he is the God of answers. So we surrender to you right now. And if you've been walking with Jesus for a little bit here, I, I want to um, challenge you to recognize the sacred spaces that God is opening for the people around you. The people in your life, what's on you to invite people into these holy moments that we have here, that they can learn of Jesus and be transformed to be carriers. And so together we all say, Father, we do love you. We we uh, we pray that um, just as you instructed the children of Israel to teach their children the story of God and to mark it on our house and mark it on our heart and on our foreheads. I pray that fathers and mothers, those who've been walking with you for a long time in here will take that charge up and there will be fathers and mothers right here in this house. And they will seek people that they can teach the ways of God to, that they could impart what they have received. And I just uh, pray right now for every person in this room that as Duke had that word about minds being healed and that your Christian mind and your worldly mind will become one mind. And that the promise of God and the worries of your life will become one mind. And I just pray that headaches in the name of Jesus will be delivered. You'll be delivered from that pain. That blood pressure issues will be healed in the name of Jesus. We pray for um, jaw-related issues. Uh, TMJ. Uh, ear infections that move to the jaw, even tooth infections that would in, in, uh, infect the, the jaw bone in the name of Jesus. If that's you, just begin to move your jaw around a little bit. Uh, see if God is touching something uh, right now. Also, um, shin problems that kind of radiate down to the ankle. We just declare healing. Right now, in the name of Jesus, those stomach issues I talked about, uh, the chest issues, Father, we we pray for the people we know who are suffering from coronavirus. We command them to be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Those people who are suffering from um, heart uh, issues that are affecting their heart rhythms and um, uh, the infections that come from uh, coronavirus. Also, we just declare healing, and Father, we just love you. We love you in the name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen. Let's just give it up for the message today. Hallelujah. I'm just, I was so thankful for for God coming to meet us today. It's been a special time in His presence, and I want you, as you as you go about this week, remember the sacred space that we encountered today, and carry it with you wherever you go. If you need prayer today, if you would like prayer, you can just stay seated where you are, and someone will come and pray for you. If um, we would, li- if you would like to just fellowship and hang out, we'd like you to do that outside and have the the uh, Valentine. Um, Treats, and also don't forget to get one of these p- pink papers and bring some items for the pantry, items for the for city house. God bless you all, and have a great week. Life group, le- life group leaders, please stay and pray. Amen. Amen.